New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. just a few of the thoughts I jotted down while preparing for this interview with spiritual teacher Amoda Ma. She affirms any attempts to right the wrongs of the world must not be done from a place of division, but of stillness, like the stillness of a martial artist. Unless we move from stillness, there is no power in what we do. Right action will arise when you move from stillness and wholeness and from a space that has no self-righteousness in it. It's actually coming from a place of unknowing. From this place, our actions will have power. These, I'm sure you'll agree, are provocative words, thoughts that beg for a space to contemplate, to search our own inner being for the ring of truth they may hold for us. Our dialogue today will be an invitation to awaken from our agitated mind and rest in our true nature with our guest, Amoda Ma. Amoda Ma is a spiritual teacher who, after immersion in psycho-spiritual practices and experiencing her own dark night of the soul, she offers meetings and retreats with seekers of peace and truth fulfillment. Her teachers don't belong to any tradition or lineage, although they do tap into the wisdom of many esteemed wisdom philosophies. She's the author of several books, including a compilation of dialogues with seekers in the book entitled Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. Join us for the next hour as we explore our natural state of unconditional openness with our guest, Amoda Ma. I'm speaking with Amoda from her home by remote connection. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Amoda, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Justine, for inviting me to your radio show. Thank you. Thank you. It's my honor to have you. I'd love to begin just a little bit and briefly help us to understand a little of your background, a little of that place where that sparked your path, but but kind of prior to that, and then what opened the door to this path of 
the teachings that you present? Mm, yes, well, where to start with the background? <laughs> like many people, my childhood was somewhat painful. Um, perhaps I'll, I'll jump to uh, my 20s, my early 20s, through to my mid-30s perhaps, even, even later. Uh, but definitely in my 20s, I was a very alienated young person, always feeling outside of society, very solitary and subject to depression. Uh, in fact, I would say it was chronic depression, clinical depression even, and very much locked into my head. I was somewhat of an academic then. <laughs> and very, very self-conscious and unable to relate um, to to other people and subject to many suicide attempts, in fact. So I, so I have a history of, of darkness and uh, difficulties and many difficulties in the actual life, many changes, many shocks, many um, unexpected happenings, many losses. I went on a long, long journey of self-exploration uh, on a psychological level, on a spiritual level, on a metaphysical level, on an esoteric level, and uh, found myself totally immersed in, 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 in that exploration, mostly searching for meaning and happiness. The turning point really was going to India and energetically, viscerally being invited by India, which was very raw in, in, in the days that I was there. It was not a sort of tourist destination so much, but um, it was a very raw experience, a uh, very wild experience, if you like. It, it invited me to, to surrender. <laughs> and I kind of got it. I kind of it sort of seeped into my my being, into my cellular being, from being a very closed down, um, fearful person. I learned to surrender, and in that surrendering to what is, something relaxed, something opened up. I would say that was the beginning. It certainly wasn't the end. It was the beginning of something. So that when I returned to the United Kingdom where I where I lived, I lived in London. Even though my my circumstances were still very painful and difficult, something had shifted. And yes, there was still drama, and yes, there was still pain, and this, yes, there was still some seeking for for a deeper happiness or peace. But throughout it all, I stopped fighting or resisting what is. I truly came to a deep acceptance of whatever was unfolding within me as my experience, my emotional experience, my internal landscape, and in the circumstances. 
And I think that was a turning point. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, but some years later, I asked a fundamental question to myself. And that question really went deep. It was like dropping a, a rock into a pool, a pebble into a pool, and it went really deep. I asked, what is the nature of suffering? Um, you see, by that, by that point, I wasn't really looking for anything. Many things had fallen apart, and I'd stopped looking for the solution, for the happiness in any external circumstance or in any relationship. Um, and I was very much alone at the time. But still, there was this subtle suffering. Now, I wasn't depressed that none of that was happening. All of that had come undone, if you like, or I'd moved through it. But I noticed a very subtle kind of suffering. And I asked the question, what is the nature of suffering? And that opened a door, uh, a, a door that uh, actually allowed me to meet the root of suffering within myself but also within humanity, it's not personal. It's it's not it's not collective. It's it's universal, I should say. And in that moment, <laughs> it's, there's a little bit more to this than that. But I'll I'll just summarise by saying, in that moment, I awoke out of the dream. I awakened, I should say, out of the dream of the separate self, out of the dream of this psychological construct of me. No, I didn't totally understand that at the time, but something fundamentally changed. And from that point of view, my whole relationship to life and to um, the way of seeing completely changed. It had nothing to do with an intellectual understanding or even a spiritual understanding. It was like the veils of perception came undone. The scaffolding of the separate self the me self came undone. And that was the beginning, but although it took many years mm -hmm. after that of, of me sort of in some ways becoming, if you like, um, uh, a spiritual teacher. And what you're saying when you're talking about all of this and coming into that oneness of life rather than separateness a lot of people would identify that as, okay, oh, she's talking about non-dualism. Okay, that's like up in the culture right now, and we, we've all heard about that. But but you, it's very interesting. I was just shocked when I was looking at your work and looking at these conversations that have been printed up in the book uh, with some of your students, or I don't even know if you'd call them seekers, people who come to you who are seeking, you said the nature of life is duality. I mean, I loved it that you actually said that. And yet, there's a paradox. And I know that you do not subscribe to any particular spiritual path or tradition or it's important to you that 
that you're not starting some new spiritual tradition, but let's talk about the duality and non-duality of life. Well, first of all, let's say that, yes, non-duality, the term non-duality is very much a, a <laughs> part of the zeitgeist and one that is very much used in different ways. And I would say fundamentally, in many instances, mis misunderstood. Um, having said that, the in my day <laughs> back then when when this awakening took place non-duality was not a thing <laughs> it wasn't a term that was used um it just wasn't a genre it wasn't uh, the zeitgeist so that i had no conceptualization of that but i did understand i did know in the depth of my being in the depth of my knowingness that what was what had been experienced, what what had opened up and became the whole way of life was non-dual, but not non-dual in a conceptual way, um, but actually the end of separation in that I and, and life are one. And all of life, all of this that I experience takes place inside awareness. Maybe we can return to that. Exactly, exactly. But I'm going to have to remind our listeners, I'm here with spiritual teacher Amoda Ma, and she is the author of Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, amodama.com, and she spells her name A-M-O-D-A. M-A-A, amodama.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with teacher Amoda Ma, and we're talking about non-duality, and we're talking about falling open, not falling apart, or it's okay to fall apart. I really want to talk about that, because you really say it's okay to fall apart, and I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm thinking of myself as, let's say, I'm a mother, and uh, I've a house full of kids, and I, I would say, oh, I, I've got to hold it together because I've got to make the meals. I've got to get them to soccer practice. I've got to make the dentist appointments and uh, balance my checkbook. It's like 
I have to hold on. I have to, I cannot allow myself to fall apart. And you're saying, no, it's okay to fall apart. So what does that mean? Unpack that for us, please. Perhaps it's not uh, the most uh, valuable way to say it's okay to fall apart. Because falling apart in the conventional sense does mean that I can't cook anymore, I can't take care of the kids anymore, I can't pay the bills anymore, and that kind of falling apart. It's more about falling open. Yeah, what does that mean? It can feel like falling apart, but it's not. It's simply loosening the grip. It's simply softening the way that we respond to life. And the conventional way, let's call it the ego identity, wants to hold on and wants to control because then it feels in charge and then things go my way and so on and so on. And then then I prevent bad things from happening. But this was a big illusion. It's not the ego that is in control. And there's a much greater intelligence within us when we just let go. I spoke about surrender earlier, and that's exactly what I mean. I mean, I'm just going to use the example of India, but it's the same everywhere. But India has a particular, or at least in those days, it was like a very loving and wrathful teacher, if you like in that the chaotic nature, the wild nature, the untamed nature of some parts of India uh, and the Indian psyche maybe, or even the Indian infrastructure, demand surrender. If you impose your (laughs) sort of Western mindset on it, it'll come back and slap you in the face. And actually things flow much more easily and beautifully and in your favor if you just go with the flow. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. And and life is like that. And so falling open is not falling apart in the way that we think of falling apart. Falling open is the end of the ego identity so that we can discover who we really are. And so that's really what it's pointing to. (laughs) I know that openness is, and you just mentioned it, and it's really part of your teachings. And I've been working for a long time, and my listeners are of New Dimensions. Now I've been working on a definition of God, and it has to do with Consciousness is being fundamental in this field of infinite intelligence that is called consciousness. And it goes back to the physicist Max Planck in 1931 talking about that. So in that definition, I'm I have to say, Amoda, you're changing my view. And that is the definition that I'm constantly working on. And now You have helped me to expand that because there's something that you said about openness and it's about it being the the true um, reality of of life is being the uh, the nature of life. And openness, it, it made me think, I've been using the word consciousness It becomes a thing. You have helped me see how I have placed the limitation, even though I say 
consciousness is all pervading and all every place. But you also, when you use the words that you cannot get, I don't know if you said behind openness, you cannot get, it has no borders. You you said something like that. And it, it made me want to say, oh, that's a, that's something that feels so different in my psyche than consciousness. Openness is a state of being. It gives me access in some way to that state. So I'd love for you to say anything you can share with us about openness and about that softening and that relaxation into it. Yes. Um so again we could we could say open awareness. Yeah, we could say yeah, openness is open awareness. It's 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 not so much about uh, our capacity to perhaps open or, or close from the periphery of ourselves. Yeah, we, we you know we can have tension and resistance. And that's a kind of closure. And we can have a relaxation and a surrender and so on. And we can call that openness. Yes, that's part of it. But when we talk about the fundamental nature of reality and also the fundamental nature of who we are, it goes even deeper than that. It goes to the source, yeah, not the periphery, to the source, to the depth of who we are. And that is fundamentally open awareness. It's the open space within which we experience everything. That open space is what we might call non-dual because it's without boundary, without beginning, without ending. Um, it's timeless, it's eternal, it's everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> In that sense, that's non-dual. However, everything that we experience as human beings, takes, including ourselves and this body and this mind and this thought and this emotion and everything, is experienced inside, if you like, that open awareness. And that which we experience always has a duality. It's a polarity. There's black and white and up and down and me and you and happy and sad. That's the nature of life. So duality exists within non-duality. But when we examine what is always here, even when experience comes and goes, I feel happy, I feel sad, um, whatever it might be, an object, a thing, a person, an event, a happening, a, a loss, a gain. What remains? What's always here? Even when that is appearing and disappearing, what's always here? We go to the source. The source is the open space, which is awareness, that's always here. It's like the, it's like the room. It's the space inside the room. You take the walls away, the space is still here. <laughs> you take the objects away, the space is still here. We can come to know that directly, and that's the source of peace. That's the source of freedom. When we look at this, we might ask ourselves, like in these 
turbulent times and challenging times, our natural tendency is to want to make a difference, to want to contribute in a positive way to life. And there's a word that you use in your teachings, and it's called tenderness. And in this tenderness, I'm thinking, okay, for example, how is it if I feel strongly about the mass shootings that are happening in in the U.S. in particular today, and about legislation, about gun control or gun legislation, and I feel strongly about that, where does this ultimate reality and where does tenderness then come in and assist me in not being so agitated, but being effective in my life to make a difference? Mm. Uh, a, a, a somewhat tricky and touchy uh, conversation that we're going to hopefully dance lightly on um, because the world is built on opinion. The world is built on righteousness. I'm not saying it's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, there are right things in the world, there are good things in the world, and there are harmful things in the world, and so on. And of course, action must be taken where action must be taken. Um, so it's not it's not going to the other extreme and just becoming a, a passive and uh, uncaring or, or detached. But the problem is that the world is built on division. The world is built on I'm right, you're wrong. The world is built on the veils of perception that each individual carries, and those veils are created out of cultural conditioning, uh, familial conditioning, educational conditioning, historical conditioning, gender conditioning, uh, karmic conditioning, and uh, probably, yeah, uh, some, let's call it media con conditioning. Yeah, so we cannot see clearly unless we see clearly, unless we're free of the veils of perception. And without the veils of perception, there is no self-righteousness. We can feel compassion, we can feel hurt, we can feel, well, there are many things we can feel, but if we take action from the righteousness, from an inner violence, even if it feels like it's absolutely right, then we're perpetuating the division in the world. Without narrative, without opinion, without position taking, we either move or we don't move. And that makes a big difference in the world. Yeah. Sometimes we think we're doing the right thing or we have the right thought, we have the right viewpoint, and actually it's very misguided. So we have to be very careful how we respond to reality and how we are effective because there's change that can be created and there's change that is simply adding to the d divisiveness. Um, now, I'm not here to speak about political or social um, <laughs> situations or, or, or what to do or what not to do. I'm here always to talk about liberation from suffering. 
yeah, to awaken to our true nature so that we live fundamentally from a whole new paradigm. I'm here with Amoda Ma, and she is the author of Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. And if you want to know more about her work, her, her blogs and other things, uh, her teachings, you can go to her website, amodama.com. And she spells her name A-M-O-D-A, Ma, M-A-A, amodama.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with teacher Amoda Ma, and we're talking about the nature of reality and, and how we can best be effective in our lives. And one of the things that you talk about and you teach and you bring up is something about our inner authority. And what I what I was struck by is you really brought up to me how the inner authority could be our inherited beliefs. I mean, that becomes a kind of authority figure. I mean, we think of outside authorities, figures, but that these energies live within us, these inner authorities. And you even describe it as an inner patriarchy. I just delighted in hearing that because um, let's just, let me stop there and, and say, all right, that inner authority, that inner patriarchy, tell us about that internalized voice and how mm. we can cope with that and make it less extant in our life. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I think you described that very well, Justine. <laughs> These are the internalized beliefs that we have about ourselves, about others, about the world. Um, beliefs that are based on essentially uh, an unexamined view again they're 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 the matrix yeah matrix of beliefs that we've inherited from parents from um, family from culture from media from this and that and the other from religion and we internalize those and then believe that's who we are that well that's the the many layers of the ego identity yeah and when unexamined we're really operating if you like on an unconscious level very much like uh, dare I say it, automatons, yeah, because we're 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 reacting from an unexamined standpoint, um, mostly, and that means we're operating 
in the matrix, if you like to, <laughs> we can use that metaphor. And that's that's a prison. That's a that's a, a prison that we either see or we don't see. At some point, if we look within deep enough uh, and seek for uh, freedom from our own suffering, then we'll start to feel or sense that we're living inside some kind of prison wall. And then, how do we break free of that? How, yeah. And so authority, true authority, um, again, I prefer to use the word uh, innate intelligence, (laughs) or let's call it life's intelligence, is, is not based on any belief system. It's not based on anything inherited. It's It arises out of an inner silence and an inner silence that is not one that is repressing anything. I've got to be quiet or I've got to have no beliefs, but the true realization of our essential nature, (laughs) we go back to open awareness. As open awareness, there is silence. And out of that silence, there's a natural intelligence that responds naturally, spontaneously, organically, not from a place again, of self-righteousness or opinion or belief or even thought activity. It's not based in thought activity because thought is not trustworthy. It has a different function, yeah? Thought, thought, Thought is a function that is pragmatic. It can focus in on a task and then it can be effective. But thought activity, when it is not uh, functional, yeah, it's just simply thought activity, then that's like the flotsam and jetsam on the surface of the ocean. And then we go, oh, well, that's it. Oh, that's it. That's it. And that's not trustworthy. So we, you know, we're, we're invited to come to that which is trustworthy, which is much deeper than any thought activity. Oh, and we place so much emphasis on the mind and that activity. It's so good to take over, take control and become, as you would say, the master of us. And I I think you're absolutely right to point that out. There is something, Amoda, that you talk about that just is totally provocative. You you say, and this has to do with spiritual bypassing, you say spirituality won't save you. It just imprisons you. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute. Did I say that? (laughs) You did. You, you actually, yeah, you, you did. But, but I know that there, there, it doesn't on the surface, it may sound like something like, what is she saying? But you go on when you do write about that, you do, or you're answering a question from some, uh, seeker there and you're describing spirituality as not as as a uh, as a pursuit per se but there's something more so please unpack that for us a bit um yes i mean it really depends on the context we we can't take these statements as blanket statements because um in the context of what is offered in the book at least, they are direct answers to direct questions from individuals. Yeah, so I speak to that individual. It's not really a blanket statement. But there is a a little bit of a blanket there, (laughs) which is that 
mostly, not always. And I've spent my whole life in a spiritual pursuit. So, um, but mostly sometimes I see that the spiritual identity, I'm being spiritual, I'm practicing spirituality, is often uh, like a carrot that's dangled or that it's the hope of salvation. And yes, yes, spiritual pursuit in the sense of true self-inquiry is absolutely necessary to waking up out of the dream of ego identity. So that's why it's not a blanket statement in that sense. But to hold on to it as an idea of, of who I am, I'm a spiritual person, therefore I'm going to uh, progress or I'm going to get there or I'm going to be saved somehow from the human experience. That's what the mistake is. Yeah, It doesn't save you from the human experience. <laughs> the human experience is always here. Remember, duality within non-duality. Yeah. And, and and yeah, so that's what it's really pointing to. Yes, I get that, that it it really is. We we can get so focused on the pursuit that and it goes back to that openness, doesn't it? It goes back to okay, that striving and pursuit, and I'm gonna arrive someday and Maybe I'll get it now, and maybe it's going to take me out of the mess of my life and uh, or the messiness of life, per se. Yes. And so you you're always pointing us back to just fall into openness, and that's what's always available to us. I mean, it's always here right now. It's not something to strive for. It's just, I guess I said to I said to myself when I was reading your responses and talking about openness, I was thinking, oh, all right, how do I do that? You you talk about softly falling into it, so to speak. And I'm thinking, oh, just imagine myself just sort of falling into a deeply um feathered bed of some sort and just like relaxing into this soft downy mattress that's just holding me and softly enfolding me and I, I guess I needed that as a bodily thing do you hear what I'm saying like to yes. say okay how can I go into openness so I wanted to go I wanted to feel it in my body uh, any any suggestions there? I think there there are many ways. I mean, that's that's one way is to experience it energetically. That's what you're speaking of. It's a, it's an energetic, visceral experience, and it's as if the body relaxes and opens. Yes. Uh, what I what I like to to point to that is it's almost like the direct way. You know that's included what you what you speak of, but the direct way is rather than trying to open, is to see how the ego forms itself in every interaction. And if we see it, and what I mean by see it, it's again a sensitivity to it. It forms itself whenever we create a resistance 
this shouldn't be happening. It forms itself when it finds a position for itself. I'm this. Yeah, I, I'm lucky. I'm unlucky. Uh, you know, something good happens. I'm I'm blessed. Something bad happens. I'm cursed. Whatever the 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 identity formation is in that moment, and, and resistance is one of the 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 most direct ways of of seeing this. It's in that moment that we can actually stop. It's in that moment that we and that that stop is the surrender. And it's that if we if we if we that's that's true true inquiry, yeah. True seeing, clear seeing. It's that that allows our fundamental nature as openness to reveal itself. So then we're not trying to open, we're not trying to relax. Although these are helpful supports, if you like, along the way. But again, that's from the from the periphery of the self. This is about allowing the periphery of the self to come undone. That's what I mean by falling open. You don't have to do the falling. What falls open is the egoic structure. Instead of being a closed knot of identity self, it comes undone. And in that, your 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 true nature as openness is revealed. And you start living from that. So you don't have to do the openness. <laughs> There's, so there's no doing. It's it's being is really what what you're talking about. I I want to bring up when you talked about okay, when when we're in resistance, that that's kind of a key. And I would wonder about just how is it? What what help do you have for us to actually be conscious? of the very fact that we're in resistance, you know. Uh, so I want to talk about that in just one moment, but I, I do want to remind our listeners that I'm here with spiritual teacher Amoda Ma, and she is the author of Falling Open in a World of Falling Apart. And this is a book actually of um, a a compilation of of talks um and with students and actually re you'll have questions from the students and what you're responding to what what are their questions or when i these seekers i'll say um these seekers and they're asking you these questions so that's what this book is about i'm justine willis toms you're listening to new dimensions Thank you. 
I'm here with spiritual teacher Amoda Ma, and she's the author of the compilation, not so much an author, but her teachings are in this book, Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. And I was asking you about resistance and what help you might have to help us know and be conscious when we're in that place, because we can go, it's like automatic, that's where it is, and so help us. <laughs> well, we all know when we're suffering, when there's tension, when there's uh, a, a fight with reality, an argument with reality. This shouldn't be happening. I, I, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah, we may feel sadness. We may feel brokenhearted. We may even feel anger. We don't like it. We don't like uncomfortable emotions or something happens in our lives and that happening, yes, it brings up a feeling. We might be scared. We might be uncertain. We don't like it. And so we we try to stop that. We try to either numb it or uh, distract or replace it with something else. There's an argument. We, I think we all really, if we were honest, know when we're arguing with reality. Now, we may not know and see what the root of that argument is, and that's really what I offer and guide people to through dialogue and inquiry, what the root of that suffering is. So the, the only offering here really is, to, is to, to notice and be honest where you're arguing with reality and to notice how that creates tension mentally, physically, emotionally, how it creates fear, and that's resistance. All of that is resistance, and resistance is suffering. You are not at peace. You are not happy. You are not still. You are, yeah, and so on. And it's not about getting rid of the emotion. It's about ending the argument with your experience. And ending the argument is a kind of tenderness towards the experience. I'm sad. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, even before you say, I'm scared, I'm sad, there is just a kind of texture, a texture that I might call sadness, but if I'm just sensing the texture, it's got no name. Well, already resistance has come undone. It's like the sky kissing the clouds. Instead of the sky trying to reject the clouds. So we come to know sky nature. That's the source of peace. The feeling may change, probably will, just like clouds, they change. The circumstance may or may not change, but that's not the point. The point is your relationship, how you meet it. Is there a kindness, a tenderness, an openness? That's the beginning of transformation. Yeah. The, the, the clouds are always changing, whether the clouds are turbulent, stormy, dark, gentle, wispy, or not there at all. Sky is always here. But that sky can only be known, yeah, recognized, when we stop fighting <laughs> with the reality of the weather. I'm, I'm reminded the idea that's so strong 
in us is this self-righteousness. Like, I really know how it should be. I know what's wrong with the world and society and all of that and what these people are doing wrong. Self-righteousness is is a big one. Um, Do you have any comment about that? Yes, I think that self-righteousness, whether it expresses itself in relationship to society or uh, the world or or our own lives, that's that's an, an expression of the um, <laughs> the matrix, the prison. We can use a whole load of different words here, but the matrix, the pit, prison, the the knot of the ego identity. It's an expression of that, and and that when it comes down to our own experience, never mind the projection onto society, but when it comes down to our own experience, self-righteousness expresses itself as this shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't be feeling this. This should not be my experience now. And then we either suppress, deny, turn away from, uh, pretend, or, or try and control, get rid of, and therein lies the root of suffering. <laughs> Right, exactly. So you're saying that to continue to stay immersed, and again, I'm going back to the words of the messiness of life, of the all that's coming at us, it's to hold that, though, in a, I, maybe, can I say, in a bigger container that is is not dual, that doesn't put me at war with that that which is or that's what what is emerging out of society or out of the climate or whatever it is yes i i i i think that you see we 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 often look at it almost back to front we're looking at society and the world and the climate and this that and the other and trying to find, if you like, a solution. <laughs> I don't mean a pragmatic solution. There may be pragmatic solutions, but a solution to our own angst. Yeah. In, in, in that realm. Again, that's the periphery. We need to look here. We need to look at the immediacy of our own experience and look at where we are at war with our own experience. That's where change happens. When we stop the war with our own experience, in other words, ending the argument with reality as it's experienced here and here and here and here, then a fundamental change or shift in consciousness takes place. We are liberated or we wake up out of the matrix of that argument-based perception and then everything changes the way that we relate to ourselves the way that we relate to others the way that we relate to the world the way that we relate to society the way that we relate to the climate everything changes from the inside out that's where the war has to stop first otherwise there's no change otherwise we're trying to control ourselves on the surface and that might be a temporary solution but it's not the, the the ultimate solution. Change must happen from within. What you're talking about is 
where how we face that is a, an unbroken space even if the world is broken that we need to stand in some sort of unbrokenness in order to have right action and have power yes 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 so just going back to that when the argument ends within yeah in our direct experience yeah and this becomes almost like a new paradigm within us yeah from that place we're going to be less concerned about fighting what's wrong from a place of self-righteousness but we're going to be if you like a whole new dimension of creative infinite potential opens up we're probably more likely to have a solution, a creative solution, or a birth of something new that is not a fighting against anything, but a birthing, a birthing, a bringing forwards of something creative and harmonious, whether it's in our own lives or on a worldly level or whatever, through whatever modality of our work, our passion, our mission. Yeah, it'll, it'll give birth to something new. And that's a whole different paradigm to self-righteousness. Yeah? For so sure. action is taken. And that's what I call intelligence, true innate intelligence. Life's intelligence and its infinite possibilities are revealed to us when we end the argument because there's no more noise. <laughs> there's no more division and open space. So this is on a on a on a more worldly uh, doing level we're speaking of now. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I'd love to, we only have a, a moment, two minutes left here to really, um, I'd love to go out with grace. And and what is is grace? What is this level of being and, and how is it, how can we access it? If you're speaking of grace, it's it, it's um, it's very hard to define. It's a little bit like openness. You you can't really find a, a definition for it. Although I'm sure there are many definitions out there. My only knowing of grace is that is that everything is grace. <laughs> the river of life, when if you like experienced from a place of the knowing, uh, I don't mean intellectual knowing, but the living of open awareness, everything flows through this experience like a river. I experience that as grace. <laughs> beautifully said, beautifully said. Thank you for that image. I've been speaking with teacher Amoda Ma, and she is the author of Falling Open in a World Falling Apart. And if you want to know more about her work and her blogs and all of her teachings and where she might be appearing in, in events, both on Zoom or, or in person, you can go to her website, amodama.com, and she spells her name A-M-O-D-A-M-A-A, Ma. Dot com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions.
This is program number 3,788. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.